Hello, and welcome to the Battleline Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley. Here with me is my host, beautiful host, and co-host in life, Captain Jamie Satterley, editor of Peer Magazine. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm fantastic. We also have with us here our co-host, producer, the one who makes this whole thing run and work and flow smoothly, Elizabeth, how are you doing today, Elizabeth? I am so super swell. How are you doing? We are just life is excellent right now. <laughs> life is excellent. All right, let's get to it. <laughs> yeah, today in today's episode, we're coming to the close of cuffing season, which we're going to have to go into in a minute because I learned a brand new term during this episode. Uh, Valentine's Day is approaching, February, the month of love, and so we thought we would take a look at uh, love and dating and relationships. Uh, and kind of what culture says to us about these things, but maybe how what culture says isn't always what's best or right. Right. Thank you, uh, Jamie, for the introduction. Yeah. So Valentine's Day is approaching and um, we do have people who listen to this show who are not Generation Z, you know, those born after the new millennium. So that may surprise you out there. Uh, that may surprise our hosts, but uh, we do have people who are not millennials or Generation Z. So we'll have to maybe break down some of the terms for you. So cuffing season or cupping season, depending where you live in the country, is when a boy or girl don't want to be alone for the fall and winter months where it's cold and lonely. What's that thing called, Captain Jamie? Like seasonal effectiveness disorder or yeah. when you get, what is it called? Sad or Sad. something? Yeah. So they find a boyfriend or girlfriend that they have no intention of actually Spending staying a with lot for of the time long staying with for the long haul. But you get somebody through the fall and winter months. So you have somebody to hold your hand on Christmas and be there at New Year, somebody to kiss on New Year's Day. Valentine's Day comes around, you get that gift, and then you're like, the weather turns nice, and you're like, I'm out. We're breaking up. It's not you, it's me. Yes. Or to quote the uh ever classic clueless, I'm outie. There you go. That's can, how we, we did. That's right. That's, we can stop right there. And that's how we did it in the nineties, kids. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, jump into the discussion today by uh, talking. Like that's why we have the battle line to talk about what's going on in the faith. I mean, the community and culture. Let's talk about reality shows and how you can find love on reality shows. So that's my first question, Elizabeth, Captain Jamie. Is it possible to find true love on The Bachelor? Love is blind. Temptation Island, Survivor. I, mean, I think it's possible. Like, it's definitely possible because you can name examples from all of those, right? Like Survivor, you got Robin Amber. Robin Amber? Am I going to mess that up? That's Austin, right. No, Austin, Austin, Rob. Amber. Austin, yes, Austin Rob. Rob and Amber. There's, listen, there's so many of these people who their names cross over from place to place, and I'm always afraid I'm going to get them wrong. Uh, Robin Amber, yes. Uh, you have... Uh, like Love is Blind, several of them stayed together. The Bachelor has an 11% success rate. So it's definitely possible. Well, is that for Bachelor or Bachelorette? Because there is a difference. Yes. So Bachelor is about like 11-ish percent. The Bachelor is actually a lot better. They're at like a 30% no, success bachelorette. rate. Uh, bachelorette. Sorry, bachelorette. Is yes. Yeah. Bachelorette does better. They're at like a 30% success rate, which I mean – we could probably do a whole deep dive into why that is. Oh, well, it's um, all, yes, we can do a deep dive, but the answer is is simple. Men are just dumb. At, <laughs> and I'm saying that as the only male representative on this show. Look at the obvious, look at the facts. Facts aren't digs, right? So there's 
at, at picking a fiance on The Bachelor, what'd you say, Captain Jamie? When men, when men do it, is eleven percent chance of yeah. them staying together. When a woman picks the male fiance, fian- what's that word, fiancer? Yeah, no, fiance. That's it. Um, what what was the percentage again on that? Like 30 ish percent. One third. Yeah. So it's possible. Now, is it probable? That's a different matter altogether. I would say, like, if you look at the overall statistics of all these shows, I would say it's not very probable, but it's definitely possible. What uh, what issues, Elizabeth and Jamie, do you think that reality shows where you're trying to find love, like, how does that in the culture just completely get it wrong. What are some of the red flags that we see right off the bat? Oh man, there are so many. We could probably go show by show and talk about all the <laughs> Well go for it. Bachelor problems. Bachelorette. What are what are some Listen, of the like red Elizabeth, flags? I should tell you I watched uh in preparation for this, we watched Monday night's research. Episode research. This was research the for the show. Yes, which we're not regular <laughs> watchers, but every once in a while we'll tune in if we're gonna talk about it. Uh let me just tell you, I could not survive on this show. <laughs> I could not. <laughs> because I would be like, these, they, it's like junior high. These girls is like junior high. Like, have we really not learned anything? It's There's mean girls. There They're still are. mean girls. They're terrible to each other. And I would just be like, listen, this is too much. This is too much. It's all too much. How about you, Elizabeth? Like, what what's a red flag for you in reality shows and building like lasting relationships from what the culture says. I think the number one problem with all these shows is the filming time because they're all really short and condensed in like, it takes three months to get to know somebody's habits and patterns. So you're not going to learn all those things when you're seeing them for like hour increments over the course of two months. Exactly. Like bachelor bachelorette, you, some of these people get maybe five minutes an Mm -hmm. episode, maybe five minutes. And then there's always somebody coming in to pull them away. So (laughs) you're right. Like, uh, having that time to talk. That's why I kind of, I'm okay. I'm going to spicy take here maybe, but I was, I was okay with love is blind because uh, for those of you who saw it, like there were two people, they could not see each other. They were locked in pods. They could only hear one another and they had to have conversations and talk to one another first before they saw what the other person physically looked like. I think there's a little bit of truth in that. I like that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think uh, definitely if you if you were to make me like rank all of these shows, I would say that I think that Love is Blind probably has the best setup for long-term success, even though I agree with Elizabeth, it, it's all way too short. It's all way too short. You need a lot more time than what they give you um in order to really know somebody and to know if you're compatible or not. Um but I think the, the part of the problem with so many of the others with like, you know, the bachelor, bachelorette, all of these is that they're so focused on outward and physical chemistry, which is important, but it can't be the most important, um, because you know, those things don't last forever. Um, and so, you know, like if somebody's a tool, they're going to be a tool, whether they're hot or not, like that's just how it is. <laughs> they're so just a you, hot tool. <laughs> that's right. Until one day they wake up and they're not a hot tool anymore, <laughs> but you still have to live with them. So, um, I think, you know, that's, that's part of the problem. And I appreciated that about love is blind, even though about halfway through it did kind of switch over to that now physical part, um, yeah, which is a whole other thing. Very long. But I think it started off, it was a great premise. Like, can, 
what let's actually see like what we have here just through conversation, which I think really is where true intimacy a lot of times is built is through, you know, conversation and the sharing of hopes and goals and dreams and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that one would be, if I had to pick one, that one would be up, up top. Okay. So if you're both saying time is an issue, then what about 90 days? Oh, no, 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 no. 90 day no, fiance. That's only, three mo- that's only three months. TLC. You remember when TLC used to be the learning channel and they used to do education thing? Now they do 90 day fiance. So I mean, we're fi- learning, but it's not stuff we really needed to know. 90 day fiance, for those who've never seen it, is it's an American, usually in somebody from another country, and they apply for a K-1 visa, which means they can, somebody can come over and they can live for 90 days as the idea is you're already engaged and you're working out wedding plans and all that stuff, right? It's a temporary visa. Well, TLC has turned it into, can you find love in 90 days with yeah, somebody who's not even the from this country? Policy had in mind when they oh, instituted yeah, we, we this visa. Got, we, stretched, we stretched that immigration <laughs> policy as best as we could. Well, we take inspiration from anywhere. But the thing is like, that's 90 days. I'm going to I'm going to push back on you both here when you say it's not enough time. It's 90 days. It's only one couple. There's no other people trying to steal your girl or anything like that. Um but it's 90 days of them together. Tell me what do you th- have you seen 90 day fiance? What do you anything about that? No, I mean I haven't watched it. I think what my concern with it is 90 days is a that's a decent amount of time, but you're that's the time that you should be getting to know each other not like okay, we're engaged now we have this much time to figure out if this is what we're going to do or not. And also I think doesn't the whole immigration thing add an added layer of stress to it? Like it's not just, Oh yeah. If you break okay, up, you go I'm home. Spend, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I think it adds a whole other thing to, well, I hope one, you enjoy Estonia because that's yeah. where you're going. Yeah. So, so I, what if we're talking outside of the show is 90 days long enough? I think you could know a lot about a person in 90 days. Is this the best way that we should be, Figuring this out, probably not. Although I will say that 90 Day Fiance, their divorce rate's fairly low. Yes, right. 10%. Is, out of 25 couples that have been on, I think it's six or seven episodes, seasons of the show, only three have ever gotten, gotten a, a divorce. divorce. Interesting. Yeah. So um, that's, that's lower than the national average. So can it work? Sure. Is it smart? Mm, I don't know. I think that <laughs> uh, we could all definitely say that um, – if you want to find love, you definitely go. don't go on Temptation Island or Mocha. Love Island, where that's just <laughs> trying to break you up. I mean, look at the premise of this show. You come on with your girlfriend, boyfriend, and then they show you 25 female singles, 25 male singles, and they say, try to break them up. It's just, that's sin. That's a lot of sin, guys. Just want to put that out there. Um so any uh, uh, any thoughts on Temptation Island or Love Island or anything else? Any other reality shows that we've <laughs> I been... I have not watched either one of those. <laughs> I have a thought on Temptation Island. Okay, go for it. Obviously, the premise is trash. But <laughs> what I like about it right is point. that I think both people going in, or they should know, this is a great opportunity for an easy out of the relationship. Mm. And if both people are down for that, this is a wonderful opportunity to meet new people. But I think... They would need to be on the same page with this going in, which I don't think is the case. <laughs> yeah. Is it, wasn't the first season where they didn't tell them what was happening and then they surprised them? Like the couples were together and then all of a sudden they said, oh, you know, they thought they were going on this nice, whatever, getaway. And then they were like, oh, we're trying to break you up, actively trying to break you up. Here's the people. Oh. 
Um, <laughs> Meet the players. So just to wrap up this reality show part here, if there's anything else we can say, but uh, with with looking at it through the eyes of faith, I, I would say we, we look at Christian relationships as there being three uh, components to that. Uh, him, her, and God. God, right? And marriage, it's we say marriage isn't like a straight line between two people, it's a triangle. It's it's husband, wife, and God. The problem what I see with reality shows is it becomes man, woman, and six million American viewers, right? So when you're trying to build a relationship based on a camera that's in your face all the time, it's not just me and her, her and him. It's there's six million people watching at all times. And, and there are, we would say, I mean, you, you hear it accused on these reality shows all the time. Oh, you're not really here for love. You're here because you want to get more Instagram followers. Yeah. And I mean, like the, for me, you know, uh, as much as they may say yes or no, or some of them, you know, openly admit to it, I'm sure that the involvement of the producers and them trying to shape, you know, the way a thing works, it's just, again, it is possible for these things to succeed, but all, like there's so much stacked against it that the probability of it being successful, I think it takes the right kind of people with the right kind of mindset, uh, you know, to make this kind of thing work. I, I know 100% it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, be, if Jamie went on a rally show, other women would be catching those hands, let me tell you. <laughs> So. <laughs> I just can't. I, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm married for nearly 20 years. So <laughs> like, I'm definitely hey, not going hey. on one of those shows. But I just say, yeah, it's just, I don't, they, it just makes me like, I get angry at these people just watching them on my TV. Being yeah. in the same room, I'd be like, "Listen, I'm out of here because y'all is too crazy. <laughs> it's too much for me." Let's we'll finish up this part by just saying, folks, if you if you don't know, reality shows do not portray reality. There we go. All right. How about finding love through all the apps? Oh my gosh, there are 10 million. Everybody follows love on the internet or their phone nowadays. Uh, eHarmony, Tinder, Zusk. Is eHarmony still a thing? eHarmony is still a thing. It's still a thing. That was that that was Match. a that was a Pepperdine alum who created eHarmony. Yes, fun fact. Yes. yes. Elizabeth, have you ever used a dating app? So back in my she's changing, uh, she's changing her years, answer right now. <laughs> no, no, I had a friend put me on the apps, which was perhaps the biggest indicator he did not want to date me. Oh, rude! I know what a what a player move. Look, call so, yeah. call his name out right here. Put his <laughs> business out. We're not Facebook friends anymore. <laughs> so wait, you had a friend? I just want to make sure I'm understanding this. Yeah, correctly. I had a he former, was, he was not a boyfriend. Buddy. Not a boyfriend. No, Fr- no, he was just male friend. Male a fr- friend. A friend zone friend. Yeah, totally. And he, he just. Put your picture up on the internet on one of these. As a precautionary matter, he took my phone, downloaded the apps, and was like, here you go. Have fun. (laughs) And how did you feel about this? Well, I was surprised, but I mean, it's fun to flip. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I mean, and there's a million now. You have Silver Singles, Our Time, Christian Mingle. Because if you don't want a heathen or a pagan, (laughs) you can look for Christians only. Or everybody knows the line. Oh, I'm going to sing, Captain Jamie. There's there you another. Go. <laughs> you don't have to be lonely at farmersonly.com. Good. Elizabeth, oh, so- you have to erase that. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I've never heard of that. Oh, song. It's a dating app only for farmers. <laughs> only for farmers. <laughs> Produce, bringing people together. That's right. That's right. I love that. Yeah. So, oh, uh, 
Yeah, Matt and I, like, I've never used a dating app. We met um, in the way that, you know, all the cool Christian kids do Before at church camp. Before dating apps, there was a thing called church camp. Church camp. What? That's right. And so that's where we met, church camp. I was a lonely so. dishwasher. Captain Jamie <laughs> was a beautiful counselor in training. And the uh, summer and love found us there. In the, and the summer, heat. the, the heat of <laughs> camp Texas. Camp Hobbitzell in Texas. So, yeah, I've never used a dating app. Uh, but listen, this hinge, I keep seeing this hinge advertisement, and I think like this is the best marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. They nailed it with this mm-hmm. the, the app you're meant to delete. Like, mm-hmm. how confidence oh. boosting is that? Like, okay. What a flex. Yeah, I love that. Right. I'm a dating app, but our job is to make ourselves obsolete to you. I That's love clever that. marketing. Boom. I like Bumble, not because I'm on it personally, <laughs> but I like Bumble because if I'm understanding correctly, uh, only the female can make the first contact with the dude. I love that because again, I'm going to say this as a male representative on the show, men, we are not very good at this. We, you, we just think of these dumb pickup lines. And number two, let's real talk. If you got kids in the car for a second, might want to turn it way down, but like, why are you sending pictures guys? Why are you yeah. sending pictures? There's no need to be sliding into the DMs with. Why are you news. doing, guys? Listen, this is not necessary. There's no. There's never a reason why you should do that. If she thinks you, you, you in your head right now are telling yourself, "Yeah, this will be real, real." No, stop that. Kill that little voice in your head. It's not telling you. Sorry, I went as well. So Bumble, I'm not. I, hey, they, I got they, a I'm not going to sponsor. I'm not going to sponsor. They're not going to sponsor the show. I'm just saying, <laughs> ladies. Guys are dumb. Sometimes it's okay for you to say what's up first. Okay. Sorry. Continue, Cam J. No, you're fine. So uh, what do you think? Okay. The percentage of men who admitted to using a dating app while they were on a date. Mm, Lord Jesus. (laughs) What do you think the number is? Take a guess. It better not be more than 15%. What do you think, Elizabeth? 32%. It's 22%. You dirty dogs. Yes, 22% of men say that they have used a dating app while they were on a date. That's some that's wild. Listen, I do should say this. I I got to go the opposite side of the spectrum. This ain't working. I'm out. There are good men out there too. Oh, yes. There are good men out there too. I'm coming for men a lot because I am one and we can come for ourselves. But like there are some good dudes out there. So. Yeah, oh, 78% of men aren't using dating apps while that's, they're dating. That's so a great that's, way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. It's good. All right. Do you know, sorry, one more thing. Um, do you, 30% of women say that they were lied to about the person's relationship status on a dating app. Mm, well, hold on. Can I, I want to see the male version of that too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure that there is. This is just hinge.com, not hinge.com, the hinge app reporting. They just say that 30% of women say that they start talking to a man and then find out they're already in a relationship. Mm. So dating apps, again, uh, how many, so there's, I read a thing that said there's like 26 million users in 2020 on dating apps and they only expect that to grow, you know, in the next couple of years. I think The biggest it, it's user more, group by far is 18 to 29 year olds, 48%. So half of the, half this generation. I think I've heard that, that more people are finding love now on the internet than face to face. Like we've officially gone over that. Yeah, and here's the thing like it's not new we think it's new because of apps and all that kind of stuff but it's not like we know a couple who met on a um it was like a mail an email based star wars something or other so 
basically since the internet started, this was a way to meet people. And I think for older people, like older generations, you, we think of like the creepy eighties tapes where you had to like film a little video cassette and then you like girl, women got the tip and they look, mm-hmm. they put it into their VCR and like 25 <laughs> guys came up. It's not, it's not creep. It's not, it can be creepy. I mean, it can be creepy, yeah. but like, it's become more accepting. So. Right. And I think it's like everything. I mean, it's, everybody has to meet somewhere. Everybody's got a story. I don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with dating apps. I just think that you have to be cautious and careful about the way that you use them, but that's what you do in real life too. Right. I mean, well, let's talk about what some of the dating rules, um, that Gen Z has the, our millennials have, and then, um, we'll wrap up at the end here by, by really just, we could, we could spend three days folks. I mean, there are entire weekends about faith and dating and, you know, Christian dating, and there's a host of websites out there. We'll hit some of that at the end. Um, but if, if we were to hit all of that, we, you would be here for the next 48 hours. We don't want to do that to you. So here's some Gen Z dating rules that we've seen in the culture. We're not saying we agree with these. We're just saying this is what's being portrayed out there. Number one, uh, Gen Z and millennials are saying before you find love, you need to work on yourself first. So find um, uh, if you want that job or that success or that pay, that salary, go and get that first. Get your personal success first before you find love, which I, in some ways I I could see the benefit of. I think that's a good idea. Work on yourself first, Right. Um, and then uh, follow those goals and then look for somebody thing. What do you, what, Elizabeth, Jamie, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I actually think that this is pretty wise up to a point. Like, obviously, you could push this, you know, so far out that it just becomes like you get to a point and you're like, okay, what did I miss because of this pursuit of whatever? Um, mm. But I do think that it's, smart because you do, you need to know yourself and who you are and what's important to you and, and, you know, really kind of understand all of those things before, um, you know, before you get into a, you know, a relationship, it's hard. How do you know what, what, what do you want? Or how do you know who to look for? Who's going to match what you want? If you don't even know that in yourself, um, what your priorities are and what you want your goals to be. And, you know, um, I think Matt and I started dating when we were teenagers, church camp, the pre pre dating app, dating app. And, um, we got married super young, super young. Uh, and so I, I say now, like, I don't, I don't regret for a minute marrying Matt, um, or the path that we took, uh, because so like our life, so much of our life, so many wonderful things have happened. We have these beautiful children. We love um, what we what we get to do in life. And all of these things would be different if we had been on a different timeline. Um, but I think that it would have done our relationship a great service had I had more of a chance to understand who I really was before becoming a wife. Because I went straight, like I was, I did, was in college, but I lived at home while I did college. So I went straight from living in my parents' house to sharing a home with my husband, being a wife. Uh, and so I wish that I kind of had uh, another stop in between there where um, just been able to, to have a little bit of independency and kind of learned my own system and all of those kind of things before trying to figure that out while also now having another person in the mixture, if that makes sense. So again, uh, you know, I don't, I don't regret any of those things, but I think probably our early or our early years of marriage could have been a little bit easier 
had I already understood and known some of these things about myself before trying to figure it out with a husband. I think, and you're seeing that in the, in the culture right now is that generation Z and millennials are choosing if to marry later, if they choose to marry at all. Um, I think the millennial marriage rate could drop to as low as 70% of people getting married right now. It's like hovering around 91, eight high eighties percentage of people who choose to get married. Millennials will, will certainly make that drop generation Z. If that trends continue, will will continue on. So people are getting married later because they want to work on them. And then when they get married, they're not having kids immediately like the older culture used to do as well. I mean, it could be up to some people up to like five to 10 years before they have kids um, after getting married. So yeah, you'll again, see that more and more. Yeah. And that's all like those kind of things are personal decisions that you have. There's no right or wrong. Like when, when we got married, the kind of the thing everybody said was you shouldn't have a child within your first year. Well, like it's not my business what married, you know, what these people are doing within their marriage. <laughs> you you choose to have kids whenever you did. We had been married five years when we had our first child. And I think it was good because we had the opportunity to kind of travel some and to kind of get settled and established and do the things that we wanted to do before we took on the responsibility of a whole other human, which is a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it worked out well for us, but again, I'm not, that's not my call. For other people. Another Generation Z rule is that ghosting has become a preferred form of breaking up with somebody. Um, Elizabeth, Jamie, again, we have older listeners. Would you like to define, would one of you like to define ghosting? I mean, ghosting is when you just disappear, right? You don't That's respond. Just thing. You just, yes, you just disappear. Text like, messages. Here's the thing though. DMs. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like I, I get it if you're, you know, it was just a random person, whatever. But if you've been in like a four year relationship, ghosting, probably not the, not it's, the way to terminate this. Ghosting bad boy. has, ghosting has become socially acceptable, unfortunately. For established relationships? Well, established relationships, again, we're getting into, uh, you know, a two-parter here, but like what's, what's an established relationship for a Gen Z now, right? I mean, the, kids the these line, days, yeah, I don't I mean, understand. If you change your Facebook, Gen Z doesn't even have Facebook, but like, remember it used to be a thing when you would mark yourself, uh, in a relationship, people are like, Oh, this is a thing now. Listen, okay. side note, my favorite thing is when people mark themselves in a relationship and they've been married for 30 years. <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you doing? I think Facebook just announces it, but better it just than, cracks me up. Better, like, than oh, marking, <laughs> better than marking themselves safe after a 30 year marriage. Hey, ho. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, too much. I have never been ghosted. Uh, I th have probably ghosted people. I don't know <laughs> if I ghosted girlfriends, um, but I'm sure that I've ghosted people. Elizabeth, Jamie, any personal intimate stories you want to share? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> I got married before social media, so there was no ghosting. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. And uh, the, another rule is is dating apps. We talked about this. They can still hurt. Because like you put yourself out there and nobody is, uh, help me out, Elizabeth. If you like somebody, you swipe right. That's right. And if you don't like somebody, you swipe left. Correct. On Tinder. Does it so, tell you how many times you've been swiped left? I wish. That, that would be interesting. That's what I would want to know. No, no, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I want to know my stats. And that's the, <laughs> your batting average. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, my goodness. No, no, see. see that's the thing because like, you know, like if it was an optional, like a toggle on, toggle off or whatever, you have people like me who 
just can't help but look. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if, if like, I, you know, it's going to be terrible, but you just can't help yourself. Oh, my gosh. Like if 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 Facebook was still in its original thing where you were just saying hot or not. Right. Like I would totally what? sign up for it because that's how, fa- you know, Facebook was invented in what Harvard dorms because they just that's how the Facebook. So that's so, how yeah, so they were going to hot yeah. or not. So, uh, I mean. How like, far we've come. Yeah. Dating apps can still hurt because people can put, you can still be rejected. You can still be swiped left a hundred times and like, and all these things where people are trying to find love and nobody's reaching out to you. I mean, I can still sting. So, yeah. And I think it does. It opens you up with like, we have to learn how to communicate and how to take rejection because, uh, like I see all the times, I mean, you see it in different articles, but then when researching this, all the times when, when people like are, you just say, you know, I'm not interested or or I'm done and people fly off the handle. Like they feel like they have an entitled, an entitlement to your time or, or your conversation or whatever, because you, you know, talked with them for a few minutes. It's like a life commitment. So we don't always handle that way. And I, I don't think that, um, Dating apps have improved that at all. I wouldn't say it's their fault, but um, you know, we just have to learn how to. We are not entitled to another person's anything. So. Thank you. Say it again, Captain Jamie, for the people in the back, <laughs> the people who had their blinker on and didn't hear it. Say it again. <laughs> yes, we're not entitled to other people's anything. So no, they don't owe you, you know, time, time or conversation or nudes or anything like that. So we just need to, you know, be grown up and handle ourselves. Yep. If you're, if, if find yourself first, if you're that out there, you're that thirsty, you need to find yourself first. <laughs> All right. Respect yourself. You're worth, you have worth and value. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk a little bit. Like, let's just, we'll just conversation go to faith now and about how a Christian's outlook on dating, the reality shows, the apps and all that stuff. First, let me just hit, we're going to hit this real quick. And this is a whole episode itself, but there's a thing, there was thing. If you were a teenager or a young adult growing up in the 90s in the church, then you were hit by what we call the purity culture of the Christian thing. This is the time where uh, Jamie, uh, myself, Elizabeth, you you probably caught the tail end of it. Um, well, no, you talked about before we went live on the pod, you talked about it. Um, the purity culture where the church in the 90s, we measured success by our youth group. By twofold. We didn't really, I mean, discipleship was important and all that stuff, but you measured success by your teen group by two things. Keep the teenagers off drugs and don't let them have sex before they're married. If you did those two things, then your youth group was considered a success. The problem is, is that we, as, as I will say this, as a child of the 90s, um, it was beat into us so much. The book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, uh, all of this stuff, promise rings and and pledge cards and all this you know uh, stuff over and over again. Every youth retreat, it was the same thing over and over and over again that it puts – God designed sex as something great and something between married people. It's there. But it – it it has messed it has messed up a generation of of people it a little did. bit because it was so bashed into our brains for so long. So um, well, and I think the uh, the big part it all boils down to is that your worth or your value was found in your purity. But the problem with that is, well, it's not correct. But also, we equated purity with virginity, which is not the whole picture whatsoever. Um, there are so many things more that tie into, you know, purity of mind and purity of body and, you know, your, your soul. And it's a whole person. Holiness thing. Yes. It's a whole, uh, yeah. Holiness encapsulates so much more, but it became boiled down to, well, 
if you're a virgin, you're pure. And if you're not a virgin, you're not. And uh, I think, I think that it was well-intentioned. I don't want to assign blame or misassign motives or anything like that. I think that it was well-intentioned, but I think now we have, you know, hindsight is 2020 and we can look back and see that this, that culture did a lot of damage. We overcorrected. Yeah. We yeah. overcorrected on the term. And you're right. We could have a whole, cause I have a whole host of opinions on this. And I think we could talk about this a whole lot more. Um, but I think that's one of the things that the church has to reconcile within itself is the way that we talk about sex and about purity and about love. Um, and, and to, to recognize that there are a whole lot of things that we did wrong there not trying to, not meaning to, but how, like learning, let's learn from it and figure out how we can really teach what the Bible says and what the, what God intended behind it versus just don't do it. Don't do it. Well, don't do it's not helpful. Don't do it just makes people want to go do it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, let's rapid fire through some of these rules here. I mean, just not rules, but just some of these things that will help you as a Christian, as trying to grow in your faith and trying to just find relationship and build a relationship with other Christians. Um, let's just walk through. First off, I want to just say, and the Gen Z rule was like, find yourself first, right? Find that work success, find that personal success first. I want to say in some ways, I, I want to affirm that truth in the Christian faith. Like you need to have that relationship with Jesus first. You you can't siphon off somebody else's salvation. You can't, you can try, but it's not going to last long where if you're not straight with the Lord and you're trying to just kind of piggyback off of another person's um, that's not going to end well. Um, and also in that same vein, you can't find your identity in another person. All right. Yeah, like, bo- ladies, sure. ladies, you can't find it's for some ladies, like you can't, if that dad wasn't present in your uh, life, like you can't, that husband or that boyfriend is, you can't look not for that hole, that hole is not going to be filled there. And, and we get into a host of problems when we do that. Say guys, it's the same thing. Like if you're, you've never had those words of affirmation, it, you, like growing up or whatever, you can't expect her to fill that hole. You've got to find your identity in Jesus first and find your identity in him. And then, then we can talk about other people. Ken, so Jamie, you're going to say a, something there? It, yeah, it's an interesting conversation in because um, so it, it leads me, it leads into this, like the whole idea of a soulmate, because we think like there's one person who's intended for me. Well, I guess I should ask this question. Uh, Matt, do you believe in soulmates? Man, tricky question. I mean, yes, but no. I think that the world's view of a soulmate is a wrong definition. But yes, I believe that there is uh, what we say, what God has joined together, let man not separate. What do you think, Elizabeth? Do you believe in soulmates? Well, let me just say, I grew up watching Dawson's Creek, which to which the only answer would be yes, obviously. Oh my god! I don't want to wait for my lives to be yes. over. I want you to. There you go again with the singing. Beautiful show. Um, but post my Dawson's Creek watching, I think this is a hard pass. Yeah, same. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, I feel like to say there's only one person out there for you is just so ridiculous and that there's lots of people that can make you happy. So Right. And that that soulmate is geographically located to live right yeah. near you. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I mean, I think like the, the, the part of us that, you know, longs for romance and all that stuff is like, oh, you know, you're the only one who could ever complete me. The reality is like, you really could choose a whole host of people that probably could compliment you. Um, so I, I'm not 
sold on the soulmate thing. And I think it plays into that idea that you were talking about, Matt, where like there's one person out there who will complete me. Mm. But the only place we're going to find completion is in the Lord. Um, you know, we when these things are, are missing or we need these things like the healing that we're looking for, all of those kind of things, you're not going to find that in another person because they have all those, like they have their things too. They're broken. I, how can I look humanity at you to solve broken. my problems when you're just as messed up as I am? Exactly. Um, Fallen so, humanity, sinful humanity. Right. So you're, you're not going to be the solution to my problems. Um, so only the only person or the only thing, you know, out there that can complete what or heal and all those kind of things is the Lord. Now, do I believe that there is, you know, great, uh, support and uh, all those kind of things in a, in a marriage relationship, absolutely. Um, but it's not Matt's job to fix me. And I think the thing is too, like sometimes I think we go into relationships thinking, oh well, you know, once I can change him or oh, I can change her. That's no, another you, one that's, for the proven in the back. That's another yes. one. No, you can't. And it's not your job to do that. It's not your job to change that person. Uh, if there are things they need to work on, that's the Holy Spirit's job and their job. And in a marriage, you will find that you're going to find uh, or spend a whole lot more time working on yourself uh, than the other person. You know, surely, yes, certainly there are things that I'm like, man, I really wish Matt would fix that. But that's not my job. That's something that he has to, you know, decide and work on just in the same way that I have to correct those things within myself that uh, brings trouble or problems or whatever into our relationship. You know, there it's different. All marriages are different and those are going to be different from everybody. But you're going to spend just as much time, if not more time, working on yourself, um, you know, to to make sure that you're doing what you need to do in the marriage. It's not, it's not your job to fix anybody. Yep. Uh, as a, another good one is, and this is a little bit less to do about dating, but just Christian Christians when they're just getting, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there, but Christians when they're dating and, and beginning to talk to one another, set good boundaries, set good boundaries. I, I've always heard there's an interior there's in, you know, internal and external boundaries. And the external boundaries are like, you're not going to come over to my house and like, you're not going to sleep over. Like, you know, that's just external boundaries. Obviously we have those things, but internal boundaries as well. So when your external boundaries fail, you have the internal boundaries there to keep you safe. When you have the internal boundaries begin to fail, you have the external boundaries there as well. That goes for a host of things, not just dating, but like uh, sex, pornography, all that stuff. Um, Captain Jamie and I have, when we were DYSs, when we were camp directors, um, there were six things. We used to call it this. There's a magic word. If you're from Florida or Georgia, you know what I'm saying. It's We made up the word, the uh, acronym, right? Captain Jamie, is that the right yeah, definition? Yeah, I mean, we didn't make it up. We stole it from um, yeah, uh, camp when we were campers, when we were on camp staff. Stick woo. That was the <laughs> word, stick woo. Each letter in the word stick woo was something that would get you immediately fired from working on summer staff. Um, so, uh, uh, S of course was like if you if you struck another uh, camper or I mean our a staff, staff member, member that's you you put fight, your hands on somebody you put your hands on somebody immediately getting fired T theft we're not going to go through them but there were a couple that we all of these we would say these are rules for life so W was wrong room don't find yourself in the wrong room if you're a boy and you go in a girl's room on summer staff automatic termination uh, and curfew was the C right so curfew again was the C I was immorality. I said we weren't going to go through them, but I'm working my way through them. <laughs> anyway, stick woo is life. Like, do not, even though you're not working summer staff right now out there, listener, do not go in the wrong room. Don't go to the wrong room. 
at the wrong time. How many people have gotten into problems because they were in hanging out with people they should not have been hanging out with in a place they should not have been? First Corinthians 15.33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So if you're hanging out with people you should not be hanging out with, where you know you should not be as a Christian, and in places where you should not be, then you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. Yeah. So the whole the whole point behind this kind of philosophy of camp staffing um, was was exactly what Matt's saying. You create boundaries, and, and we would tell them like all of these things don't it's, you don't just exist within the microcosm of camp staff. They'll all serve you well. Nothing good is happening at three a.m. in you know whatever place you're not supposed to be. The go only to place bed. you should be at three a.m. is asleep. Go to bed. <laughs> go go to bed. Uh, so. Creating boundaries. I was reading um, an article uh, not too long ago from Michael Todd. He wrote this book, um, and I should say I have not read the whole book, so if it says something shady in there, I've read pieces of it, um, called Relationship Goals. It was huge in the past year or so. I saw it you know, all over the place. Um, but one of the things that he really talks about there is that setting, you know, sound, setting boundaries um, and coming to an agreement on those boundaries um, are, is important from the beginning, like, um, like setting a curfew, like our date is going to end at this time, no matter what, because we know, you know, temptation, I should say, we know that that couple may, may understand about themselves that temptation comes, you know, in these certain situations. Um, and I think I'm Jamie right there, Luke, I just want to jump that in Luke six thirty one. do to others as you would have them do to you. What I mean, it's just a simple Bible verse, but I think it fits so well here. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you're pressuring somebody, you wouldn't like it when people pressure you to do something you're not comfortable with. So don't be a tool. Don't be doing that to people, okay? Yep. So again, I just think like having boundaries from the beginning, again, how you... Uh, they, you know, they teach you this or talk to you about this in parenting books, how you have to start how you want to finish. So if you want your kid to clean their, keep their room clean at all times, you have to start when they're like toddlers. Okay. Cause they're not going to just get to be 12 years old and then be like, Oh, all of a sudden I'm going to tidy everything up all the time. You have to start the way that you want to finish. And so I think it's the same within relationships. Like if you know, you have to determine from the outset what these kind of limit these boundaries and these important things are going to be. Otherwise you're going to find yourself, you know, six months in trying to set something up and you've already created habits and, and kind of, um, you know, actions and things. And it, you may find that it's harder to go back. So set it up from the front, know what you want going into a relationship, know what's important to you, your life goals. Are we going to raise chickens? Are we going to have seven kids? You know, all those kind of things. Certainly, the number of children and all those things require, you know, compromise and agreement with one another. But you have to kind of know those things about yourself again and understand so that you can start the relationship off in the way you want to finish it. We're not saying don't start the first date. We're saying, do you want chickens? And how many chickens do you want to have? Well, how do you feel about raising chickens? Farmersonly.com. Oh, that's called a callback. Well done. Um, la last, last real big one for me, and then we'll see if uh, Elizabeth, Jamie, have any more. Is um, I'm, a, I'm. A, this is for guys and girls out there. But guys, here, listen, listen, Uncle Matt, right now. Movies and TV shows lie. Movies and TV shows lie. And I should say sh social media lies. If you're thinking that your dating relationship or your married relationship 
is going to be like what I've seen on TV, you are in for major disappointment. Movies, TV shows, social media is there to push advertising dollars. If they can get you to watch their show, you'll watch the commercials and that's they will put stuff on there to make you watch the show. Do not think that your dating life, married sex life will be like what you see on TV or movies. It's a lie. Just hear me. It's a lie. <laughs> All right? It's there to just well, get you to fiction, watch. Right? It's, it's fiction. fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I would say my last thing, um, I guess, as we try, like, as we start to wrap up is like, I think part of the problem is that we rely so much on feelings. Um, and not that, you know, we all, everybody experiences emotion, but I think sometimes we get um, caught up in relationships where we're, you know, we don't feel happy or we don't feel like we're in love or we don't, you know, feel, um, whatever kind of way and feelings are finicky, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, um, not reliable. You can't base your relationships on feelings. They there have, are, a, they have um, a shelf life. Yeah. Emotions right. have I an mean, expiration date. So I think that's part of the reason why we have, you have to really understand and, and know, uh, what you're committing to and then be, uh, especially as Christians, when we're thinking about the concept of marriage as a covenant between, uh, you know, uh, the, your husband and your your wife, or with God, and you know, all those kind of things, the whole triangle thing. Um, when you think about that covenant relationship, yeah, there are going to be days where you don't like each other. There are going to be days when you don't feel like you love someone, um, but you know that that's part of that covenant. That for better or for worse. Now again. Side note, no, uh, we would never condone that you stay in a relationship that is causing harm or danger to you in any way. So we're not talking about those kind of things. But when we're just those days when you just don't feel like I don't, I don't feel a spark. Uh, you know, fe- those feelings are fickle. They change like the wind. Um, and so your relationship can't be based on how happy someone makes you because uh, that's going to change. <laughs> From time to what what makes you happy will change, um, so you you know our, your relationships can't be based in feelings. Uh, I've heard it said emotions have, like I just said, emotions have uh, a shelf life. Um, most emotions, like when you're feeling something, like anger, mad, worry, jealousy, like those only last for a few minutes. Intense feelings will last a few hours. Super intense feelings can last a few days, but they almost never go past. 24 hours. That's why when people say when you're angry, you want to write an email or put a text or a Facebook post, like go to bed first, have a day to think on it. And then because emotions change. And so um, emotions have a shelf life. Let me just let me end this and then see if uh, uh, Jamie and Elizabeth, you have anything else you want to say for tips on on Christian dating or anything. Um, I learned a lot about dating, ironically, from my West Texas high school football coach. Um, I know you're thinking what (laughs) in the world, but he used to tell us this men, if your girlfriend gets into, I'm sorry, this is, it's, it's West Texas. So just bear with me. If she was in a horrible accident with fire and got like, what's the worst burns first or third, third, I think third degree burns all over her body face, uh, unrecognizable. And you had to care for her for the rest of your life. If you, if you're able to, would you still be with her? And if you say yes, then that's how you know you're in love. 
So I kind of, I know that's silly and just a West Texas high school football thing, but, um, I think I think that about that a lot when people say I'm in love when like, you know, summer staff members would come to me and say, oh, we're in love. I'd be like, if her face was horribly mangled in a fire, if you had to change her diaper and you had to, change, you had to care for her, would you still is that love? You know, of course, everybody's like, yes, yes, Captain. Yes. Exactly. Lies. You don't want to sweep the dining room floor. Yeah, How exactly. You change the other person's diaper. But <laughs> let's I would just scripture. First Corinthians chapter 13. Everybody knows it. It's written on a wall at your house, at your grandma's house. You read at your wedding. Yep, because Hobby Lobby makes a lot of money off this Bible verse. But 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 6. You want to know if you're in love? Is Does this, right now, put this person in your mind that you're dating, that you have a crush on, that you're married to. Do these things line up in your relationship right now? 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 6. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not look at other girls on TikTok. Sorry, that was my <laughs> thing I kept turning on. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. If you can look through 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 6, and you can apply those things to your relationship, then you're in love. And let's not forget the one who has incredible love for us, who while we were still sinners, he died for us. He demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, he died for us on that cross. And in his resurrection, if we believe in him, accept him, then we have eternal life with him. As yeah, as always, I will wrap up our episode with um, this question: What is giving you joy, Matt? What's giving you joy this week? So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Marco Polo, not not the Explorer, <laughs> and not the terrible Netflix TV show that came on a couple of years ago. But the Marco Polo app. If you don't know the Marco Polo app, it's a way just to leave think text through video chat. You you film a very quick 30-second video, and it's like a FaceTime almost, and you can send it off. So I'm in a lots of Marco Polo groups with my family, with uh, friends, with coworkers, and it's just a great little app because um, it's, it's a way to text, but you're also seeing people's face. A lot is sometimes misconstrued over text messages because you cap locks on by accident or something. But when you can see somebody's face, it's just great. And it's just a good way to connect, especially in this pandemic still. So Marco Polo app, it's free. Uh, it's very sweet when your nieces and nephews send you little polo videos. You can pay for it and they give you extra stuff, but you don't need cheap. that. You don't need version. that. That's right. How about you, Elizabeth? What's giving you joy? Okay. Recently I got this jean jacket with pearls going down the arms. <laughs> nice. And I just feel so hip and I make noise when I move. It makes me so happy. Pearls down both arms or one arm? Both arms. They're just covered. It's like a bad craft project. Yeah, I can't decide if it's like totally hideous or it's just the most incredible top, piece in the world. Top of the sleeve, under the sleeve. <laughs> it's inspired. How about you, Jamie? Your last one. What's giving you yeah, joy? All right. So today, uh, mine is also an article of clothing, but mine is... Oh, I thought you were going to say your husband because of the dating <laughs> episode. Because it was a love episode. Oh. Yes. Bringing me joy, always and forever. It's joggers. The So oh. like sweatpant joggers. Oh. Uh, so it has... I, I don't know. I think when my sister bought a pair, specifically joggers from Target, because oh. broke, and I love Target. <laughs> so, uh, But uh, 
they are like the most comfortable thing ever. And so now when I change out of my work clothes, I put on these joggers and it's like coziness, coziness in clothes. And I like every, now I just keep I'm like, oh, they released a new color. Snatch that up. <laughs> now I have all the joggers. <laughs> like how many people are in Zoom meetings right now where they're just wearing like a work blouse or like a business suit on top and they're wearing joggers and shorts on the bottom? Lots of people. Listen, I ain't mad about the it. The only way to be. That's right. As long as you don't forget and stand up, you'll be all right. <laughs> well, that's going to end this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. We're very grateful that you chose to hang out with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line Podcast wherever you listen. Don't forget to go to the Peer website, peermag.org, or follow Peer on all of the social medias. Also, don't forget to look out for the Fight for Good podcast, our sister podcast. Until next time, this has been the Battle Line Podcast. Bye. See ya.